Hello and welcome to the Omcast Grand Rewatch. My name is Dom, of one half of the Omcast. I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Yes. Yes. Oh, no. Da. Da. <laughs> ah, da, yeah, da. 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 I was you. So we now live in a world full of sequels, prequels, remakes and reboots. And we understand that sometimes life gets in the way and you're not always going to be able to catch up before a new one comes out. With that in mind, we're here to provide a weekly retrospective on some of the biggest franchises in cinema history giving you a full spoiler rundown of each film in the series, including plot summaries, analysis, and behind-the-scenes trivia. This week, we continue our rewatch of the Rocky saga leading up to the November 30th release of the newest entry in the franchise, Creed 2. Today, we're talking about the classic 1985 sequel starring Sylvester Stallone and Dolph Lundgren, Rocky IV. Yeah. Yeah, that's slightly muted. That, that, that's not as big as the yeas we've had in the last couple of weeks. Why is that, Tom? This is a very, very strange film. It's really weird. Yeah, like... it was a very big, big jump. Yeah, now see, I think last last week, obviously, we talked quite a lot about how Rocky Three was a jump, but in retrospect, <laughs> I feel like I Rocky Three was far closer. Like it had yeah. some substance to it a little still. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's the film equivalent of a triple jump. Yeah. So Rocky starts off with this with this strong pace, and then continues with Rocky Two. And then there's this weird skip step yeah. into Rocky Three, and then there's just some leap into the oblivion Rocky with Rocky Four. Rocky Four is just mad, and like it should be, it should be like more. It should have more substance to it because of the of Apollo. Mm-hmm. That like it should have the same effect that Mick did in Three, really, which is yeah. to sort of ground everything a little bit. Yeah, but it doesn't. No, they sort of they just they get on with, <laughs> they get on with it. He has a big, he has a big like flashback montage where they Sad do it. montage. There are like several montages in this film where they just play a full song, of, yeah, and just do it over a montage. And there's one where it literally just uses loads of old footage from all the old Rocky movies. Yeah, it's it's like you know when the Simpsons <laughs> do a clip show rather than put yeah. out a new episode. Yeah, that's kind of like what Rocky Four is. Yeah, with a little bit of Dolph Lundgren either side of it. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren sandwich. Dolph Lundgren sandwich, and like, to be fair, like. That is one. Of, I mean, it's still fun. We enjoy Rocky Four a lot, and a lot of that. Oh is, yeah, yeah. I think, but it's down, become it, it. It became more. It's a parody of itself, and obviously with this one, you got Dolph Lundgren, and it's this whole Russian thing. Yeah. And the Cold War, and which is a really <laughs> bizarre left turn for the Rocky franchise to take. But it's like Sylvester Stallone had something he wanted to say. Can't I? Can't I? Can't understand what I, I didn't get any of it. Well, I think it's something about if he can change. And all the yous can change. Maybe everyone can change. Hmm. Which is deep as fuck. It is deep. I mean... So deep. I remember studying it when I did my philosophy degree. Um, and we, we spent... We, we did a week on Nietzsche. But we spent a good module talking about Rocky Balboa. And how he ended the Cold War. <laughs> Um, because it was, it was, it goes down in history as one of the most defining speeches of the 20th century. There's, there's Churchill. Yeah. There's Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, and then there's Balboa. Yep. In my mind, in terms of, in, and the, yeah. the the impact they had on society as a whole um, can't be understated. <laughs> but I mean, before we get into that, let, let's sort of get a rundown of what happens in Rocky Four. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I went, I got a bit rambly with this one because this, this is like I normally write these. 
as a bit of a retrospective. But this time I think I've done a bit rambly because I did it live. So, so we open Rocky Four with silver boxing gloves. I think they're statues. They slowly collide and explode. And in our latest, previously on Rocky montage... I've got to pause you there. I think it's important to know what's on those boxing gloves. Ah, uh, yes. So, is it, is it an American eagle? So, no, no, no. It's the American flag, the red... Oh, yeah, the, old glory. The, old glory, and the Russian... Or the um, Soviet Union flag with the yeah. hammer and sickle on a red background. Um, and they clashed again. again. That, see, that was so subtle, I didn't yes. even notice. Yes, and it, that is how the film opens, and it's so subtle as well that when they do collide, it's the Russian one that crumbles into pieces and the American one that is left standing tall. Gosh. Um, I is don't there, know. If is there any more symbolism in this film other than that? I don't know. I think that's the one little subtle bit they get in, and then mm. after that, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, yeah. you have to really read into it you to understand Dig deep. It's yeah. a deep dive true, film. True, true, true. Anyway, continue. <laughs> So, in our latest, previously on Rocky, we see the climax of Rocky Three with the titular hero wailing on Mr. T, whilst Eye of the Tiger blares through both our speakers and ear holes. Our previously on finishes with the sexiest fight scene since Eastern Promises. Ding, ding. <laughs> There's now some family talking, and we're introduced to the weirdest addition to the Rocky family, until Tommy Gunn, a robot butler. This robot is fucking terrifying. And we're now advised it's been nine years since Rocky and Adrian were married. We move over now and are introduced to Ivan Drago, arriving in the United States from the Soviet Union, which is 1980-speak for Russia. (laughs) Rocky and Junior share a moment and the robot continues to make me feel uncomfortable. Here's a scene with Drago being scienced into something-something and then he does a really hard punch. But my friend and yours, Mr. Apollo Creed, powered by his red, white and blue blood decides he's going to challenge Drago. Quick interstitial here, Paulie has sunk to a new depth and has reprogrammed the robot for love. Adrian then tells off Rocky and Apollo, and they go and watch their old fight from Rocky 1 before Rocky asks Apollo, is the fight against Drago or you against you? Then Apollo delivers a speech about wars or something. (laughs) We then move to a press conference during the match, and the Americans are being very mean to Ivan, Hostility flares between Apollo and the Russians, and Drago is still yet to have a single line. We then enter the MGM Grand Hotel in Las Vegas. The boxing ring, containing Drago, is lifted into the hotel from underneath the stage, and we're introduced to a man known as James Brown, singing a song, Living in America, complete with showgirls. Apollo is then lowered in on a giant golden bull, wearing his Uncle Sam costume, and while dancing and sweating a lot. Each contender is introduced, and when they touch gloves, Ivan finally breaks his silence with the line, You will lose, delivered with all the charisma of Ivan Drago from Rocky IV. <laughs> Apollo lands several ineffective punches to Drago in the first round, who then immediately retaliates with devastating blow after blow. The round ends, and Rocky tells Apollo to give up. Apollo refuses and tells Rocky not to stop the match, no matter what. But Drago continues to pummel him in the second round, Duke, Apollo's trainer, begs Rocky to throw in the towel, but Drago lands one final haymaker. Apollo falls to the mat and begins to convulse. Drago displays no emotion at this point and simply comments, if he dies, he dies. We then cut to Apollo's funeral where Rocky places his world title on the funeral wreath following an emotional speech, which was incomprehensible. We are then informed by magazine and newspaper cover montages that Rocky will fight Ivan in Russia on December 25th, presumably as revenge. 
Rocky and Adrian have a talk about why he's going to fight, and he still doesn't say why, and confirms that he is going to travel to the Soviet Union without Adrian after she yells, you can't win, in a message of unconditional support. (laughs) Right, here's our first fucking montage, baby. I will say at this point, it's a long montage, with some very unrelated scenes about lots of different things. Um... Anyway, we now see Rocky and Paulie packing to leave with another very uncomfortable scene with Paulie and his robo-wife. Rocky shares a scene where he puts his son to bed during the day. Anyway, (laughs) Rocky and his training team of Paulie and Duke arrive in a bizarre image of what I believe Sylvester Stallone thinks Russia looks like. They're then taken to a log cabin in the middle of nowhere and Paulie gets upset. In a subtle as a punch in the crotch moment of symbolism, Duke beats a Russian man at chess. He then walks upstairs and opens up to Rocky, saying that when Apollo died, it felt like a part of him died too, and expresses his face in Rocky to prevail. To prepare for the match, Rocky runs through the Victorian era, whilst Drago uses high-tech equipment and human performance enhancers. At the end of another very long montage, Adrian arrives unexpectedly to give Rocky her blessing for the fight after a U-turn on her fears that Rocky would be killed like Apollo. Another little ad point here. Also, like in Rocky 3, we see that their child is being left behind again. At this point, I stopped taking notes and watched the Hearts on Fire montage, which is my favourite montage in history. Okay, so it's now fight night. Rocky is introduced with little to no fanfare, and Drago is introduced in a way that would have made Creed proud if it wasn't in Russia. In another example of shitty parenting, Rocky appears to have been left in the care of Paulie's sexy voice robot. The two fighters square off, and Drago finally delivers another line. I must break you. The fight starts and Drago goes in hard. Rocky takes an absolute pasting in the first round. Both contenders are encouraged between rounds, but during the second, Rocky is hounded all over the ring. Only towards the end of the round does Rocky hammer home a wild right hook, cutting Drago's left eye, stunning everyone, not only in the arena, but all of Russia. Duke repeatedly advises Rocky that Drago is not a machine, and Drago then comments to his trainer that Rocky is not human. He is like a piece of iron. We then have a super 1980 synth-heavy montage of the match, with both fighters taking and giving apocalyptic blows, with Rocco managing to hold his ground. During the fight, Rocky gradually turns the home crowd to his side, with the crowd chanting his name. Drago's frustration comes to the boil when he picks up the Russian promoter by the throat and chucks him off the ring, stating that he's not going to win for them, he's going to win for himself. We're now in the endgame, boys and girls. It's the 15th round, and Rocky is landing a volley of monstrous blows knocks out Drago to the shock of all of Russia. Rocky then gives a victory speech, directly addressing the local crowd's turn from hostility to respect. He makes a comparison to the relations between the US and Russians, stating that it was better that two men fight rather than 20 million. Rocky's final statement of, if I can change and you can change, then everybody can change, ends the Cold War, apparently, and then we finish on a freeze frame. As he's wrapped in the American flag. Which again, was, didn't, didn't notice, didn't notice. Which, never, never, never noticed the did you, not, did you not, did you not, like the, the second the match was over, one of the Russian peasants ran into the, ran into the thing yeah. and gave him, here's my American flag, which I've hidden. Take from. the flag! Take the fucking flag! <laughs> I've had this hidden under my Thorbuds for many years, waiting for you, <laughs> Mr. Babo. Freedom, is freedom wrong? Turns out it's not. Freedom is okay. But it's mad, isn't it? Like, like, Again, going back to the whole thing of this, like it's, I get that the ninety, the mid nineteen eighties were a strange time, <laughs> but 
But this was so over the top. But like, think about like, what was, was. I'm trying to think of like what was how this was happening in this year. This was 1985. This was Back the, to the Future. Back to the Future. Live Ghostbusters. Aid. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was that as well. Charity thing apparently. No, but just like that's like the cultural. But yeah, that's what like, I mean. That's what's it's going like on. This cultural acceptance all over the world, and then. Um, but I mean, the thing is, the Cold War was at a pretty high point at that moment. Yeah. And following 1985, I don't know if it's coincidentally. I'd like to believe it's down to Rocky IV, but mm. the Cold War did start to warm up and everything sort of settled a bit. Yeah. And relations improved significantly. That's not to say that things have done now. Yeah, because, because Sylvester Stallone beat up a Swedish actor. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, and he was married to a Danish woman. Who? Bridget Nelson. Oh, what you mean? Oh, Bridget, Drago's right. wife. Oh, no, I thought you meant uh, Dolph London in real life. No, 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 no. So Drago's wife in this was um, engaged to Sly. During oh, right, okay. Was that his like, wife number four? Like, how many different wives did he have at that point? Lots. Lots. Because <laughs> he had different kids, obviously. And one, one of which was playing his kid in this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean... <laughs> I've never heard of nepotism, mate. No, no, yeah, no, it's fine, to be fair. Like, with, like, child actors, that, make, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Nothing that makes... Speaking of which, like, that is the reasoning behind the robot. Is his kids? So, did you know anything about the robot? I, I no, was fascinated. It's just, it's just a thing that used to happen in the eighties. Like, was it? Yeah, things like cute like, robots used to yeah, just okay. be added. In, in, name, name another one. What? Okay, so basically, it started with Star Wars. Yeah, but that was part of the like, world. That's not like no, 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 no. So it started with Star Wars without having like robot sidekicks being added into things. So, um, like, friends make a joke of it, like the mac and cheese thing. Oh, mac and cheese, yeah. <laughs> so and it's like that. So everybody either had like an alien or a robot buddy or something weird, and so yeah. it was like this real, real sort of like, ah, isn't my housemate weird because he's a bigfoot? Just like Harry and the Hendersons, where he had a robot, Alf, uh, Mac and me. Um, I guess so. Yeah, but the, the thing, the, so the reasoning behind why this robot ended up in this movie basically is because so um, Stallone's son. Um, not his his younger son. So his eldest right. son is the one that's in the film. Is not that that's not the one I'm talking about. His younger son uh, Sergio suffers from autism. Okay. And the robot, the point of the robot, the reason the robot was invented was to help children with autism. Okay. And it was basically the guy who was on a talk show talking about his work and how he thinks that it can improve. You know, relation. He's like children with autism can relate easier to a robot. And it's and it's a well known thing. It's not like it sounds bullshit. It sounds like a quack, but it's like a, there is lots of research around it, and it makes sense. And it still goes to this day. Mm. So it was like way ahead of its time. Yeah. But Sloane saw this on a talk show, rang him up, said we really like that idea, and the robot started working with his son Sergio. Was doing really well. Sloane loved it so much that he wrote it, the robot apart in the movie, and that's the story. That's why that robot is in this movie. So there's a little bit, maybe, and maybe there was also the element, like you say, of that's what happens in the, in the eighties. People just put robot sidekicks in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, they, like Stallone had, there were lots more scenes in it because he loved this robot so much. And there was that, like you talked earlier about how Paulie changes the voice. That was the scene where Paulie like takes it apart and like and rewires it so he's got a female voice. But the the scene never got filmed. I don't think in the end. But like the the guy who was like operating the robot and build yeah. the robot and all the rest of it said like Stallone was giving him new pages like every day for new stuff with the robot fucking hell <laughs> like I get 
I get the use of having the robot for, to, as sort of um, as like a, a support for children with autism mm-hmm. because it, yeah, it, it makes sense. But at the same time, like writing a robot into a film, yeah, in this film. I don't understand why it's in <laughs> this film. Like, Stallone could have... I feel like it's one of those things where like, he, if he wanted to make a serious drama about children and autism and all the rest of it and maybe like had an element about it with this with that robot, he probably could have done it. Yeah. But instead he goes, well, I'm making a fourth Rocky movie. <sighs> robot? I was like, what, what can I do for it? And then, and then there's with... Like, I don't understand. If the whole point of it was meant to be about the kid, then why didn't he have it be, here's a gift I gave to the kid? Because he, he kind of talks about it like that. Like the kid's playing with it. He says, oh, don't forget to feed your robot. And it's kind of like the kids anyway. So why didn't he just have it be a... Yeah, but why didn't you just have it be a present for the kid rather than give it to your creepy uncle who... He's going to do dirty things gonna to it. Going to do weird things to it and turn mm-hmm. it into a woman. And like and yeah, it's, just, it's always playing weird 80s music. <laughs> you can get it right here. I'll clean it up for you, Polly. So what the fuck is going on? I wanted a sports car. <laughs> it's so weird. And right, and whilst we're on the subject of poorly, that's something that we should talk about. Is the dramatic shift in Paulie. True. I mean Do you do you hate him less in this one? Because I don't know, so for the last three weeks you've had nothing but contempt for this man. I just want to say what before we move just quickly, I just want to say one couple more thing about the robot. Okay. The robot was the first non-human to get a Screen Actors Guild card. It's on the union. That robot is in the Screen Actors Guild union before any animal or anything like that. So does it have a name? Yeah, Sicko. The robot's called Sicko. 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 S-I-C-O. Sicko. And then also it went on tour with James Brown after the movie. Of course it did. Um, And he used to do stand-up in front before James Brown as a warm-up before James Brown and then it would come on when he did Living in America because that was the song from Rocky Four. I have so many more questions about this. Yeah. So many. So just... Mate, I don't. When I, I went Can into, we just do the rest of this podcast and you tell me about it, Sicko? But look, I, because, did, like, I just did a little bit of research. Like, I just thought, I've got to know what the hell, what the hell's going on with this robot. And it's a rabbit hole. You'll fall down into yeah. it. Like, there's, there's, the guy's still giving interviews and talking about it today. And, like, and the, there's new versions of it and there's more research being done with the whole autism thing. And it is actually genuinely fascinating. But we can't. We've got to talk about Rocky Four. Sure. So we can't. You sure about that? No, we do. We do. Come on. We we do. Ivan Drago, Apollo Creed. Yeah, but actual robot future man. Happy birthday, Paulie. Happy birthday, Paulie. No, I mean yeah, the, the, Paulie. So yeah, it leads us yes. directly onto Paulie. So Paulie, I don't know what happened to him. If he had some sort of, I mean, he's never been the bright, sharpest tool in the shed. No, but that, it's like I said to you when we watched this last night, was, has something happened to Paulie? Has he had an injury or something? Because his whole personality has sort of regressed to that of a child. Well, I think basically what they've done is they, they he he plays the role in this movie of the comic relief, yeah. which he hasn't necessarily done before. Although in 3 he was starting to turn that way, I guess. Yeah, there but, was a little bit, but it was a bit... But it was more. Ju- it was like more racist. Well, yeah, that's Paulie true. was a racist. It was a racist. But isn't I... it funny that Paulie's a racist? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I think that like 
Mick used to be a big... Obviously, they don't have Mick anymore. So part no. of it is the fact that he's more exposed now, Paulie, as yeah. a character, because he he's there's less people. It used well, to yeah, be... And Apollo, he, Apollo's Apollo gone. dies. Apollo's gone. There's no Apollo anymore. There's no... Yeah, and then Adrian doesn't give his blessing. So it means that at the end, when he goes out to train... Although I still don't understand why he takes Paulie with him. It's so stupid. I like The whole idea is that he wants to be on his own, and he sets himself out in this fucking cabin in the middle of nowhere in the, in the 19th century. The Victorian time. In the Victorian yeah. era, to, to, to train. But for some reason he thinks, I know, I'll bring Paulie. Why? Yeah, Paul, Paulie will do well here. Why? Paulie's he mad because they haven't got TV. They haven't got TV, they haven't got his comics. They haven't got his comics, which make you fertile? I, yeah, it's bizarre. That's a really weird line. Like, I don't like, understand. For, for, for the readers out there, Paulie literally makes a point of saying that reading comics makes you fertile. I mean, I've always found that, but I don't understand what his research is. I mean, maybe I should compare notes with him. I think you should. Give him a call. Have a chat. This fictional we'll report character. Report back next week. No, just, just speak to Sly. Just give him a call. You've got his number, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sly. Yeah, I mean, Sly. Good. Um, Tight. Tight. Uh, no, yeah, Paulie's... Yeah, yeah Paulie's like... Weird. like it, again, like I say, the, the, this whole film is like a dramatic shift away from everything that Rocky was before. And it's it seems to be, well, it's, it does seem to be the, the like an American propaganda piece. Oh yeah, but like they, they because he beats the communism yeah. out of Ivan Drago. I think well the biggest thing in terms of the propaganda element of it is this whole thing at the, in the final fight. We're skipping ahead here, but we're going to just talk about it yeah. generally anyway. Um, the fact that the crowd turns and supports him. Yes, that's the biggest sort of ridiculous propaganda element of it because that's that would never happen in a million years it's never happened like not only like would that never happen on an international scale that would never even happen with rival football teams or rival like within the UK like can you imagine can you imagine just like I don't know we don't like we'll admit now we don't we don't do sports (laughs) but like the analogy I would imagine like imagine it being like Manchester United versus Manchester City, like a deep rivalry that goes year, like the whole city is split in half. And then Manchester United are so good that all the Manchester City fans turn and start supporting them during the match. Yeah. That would never fucking happen. <laughs> like, add to, that, that's just within a city. Now we're talking about communism versus capitalism, two nations. The East versus the, the East West. The East versus the West. Like, the biggest most huge everything couldn't be further apart from one another at each other's throats threatening nuclear war but we like the way he punches our guy so we're gonna we've, we've gonna, got to admire his we've got, spirit we've got to admire his grit because he came here to our and also is in russia he's he on came home to ground. russia he's on, home, on a revenge mission he's on home ground and somehow he's managed to get all these like little these peasant russian people and they go that you come here and beating up our champion and we love him for it yeah, it's bizarre. It's like the like. Can you imagine like the same thing happened? Like it's like even within the the logic of the movie, it doesn't make sense. It's like the equivalent of like if they watched the um, the Drago versus Apollo fight, and then halfway through, all the Americans started cheering on Drago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is that? Why didn't that happen? <laughs> why, when they killed, when because he killed, they were living in America. But they're Americans; they love it. They, yeah, but look how much fun they were having. But what like? They're having so much fun. His logic breaks down immediately. Like, if you... yeah, it absolutely does. Like, like, I'm in total, total agreement with you. Like, it's just this bizarre 
bizarre leap throughout the entirety of this film that, you know, I mean, people always say, oh, you know, Rocky IV won the Cold War. Won the Cold War, yeah. You know, and, but there is a, there's literally a point where he beats the communism out of even Drago because in that scene that he's, he's being beaten up by Rocky. So Evan's being beaten up by Rocky and then he turns around to the promoter, strings him up, and he says, I'm not doing this for you anymore. I'm doing it for me. Yeah. He says it in a slightly different accent. I know my Russian accent yeah, was yeah, pretty yeah, on point, but yeah, and then he does, he's, I'm doing this for me. So he's like stepping away from communism to fight for himself. But then he loses himself, but then everybody in Russia loves Rocky now. Like, including the Russian premier or whatever. The, the, like the... Oh, the, 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 oh the, the Politico something? I don't know I what he is. He's like, he's the, whoever the head of the state is or whatever. Yeah. He gets up and starts clapping for Rocky. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, in re- like they, they wouldn't make it out of the fucking stadium. They'd all be shot. Well, <laughs> they, well, no, sorry, they wouldn't be shot. They'd, they'd be poisoned. They'd spray some perfume out of them as they went out the door. Yeah, and they'd go. Maybe. Oh, oh, we, we're just here to look at the. the... I've no problem with Russia. No, neither do I. Seriously, I just don't... seriously, please don't kill me. Look, I, I just don't want them coming here looking at our <laughs> our cathedrals and then casually killing a couple of people. Maybe call me old fashioned. I don't know. Listen, you know, some... I can see you just putting in an edit point there. <laughs> like, no, no, I'm leaving that fucking thing in because uh, I have no problem with um, if Russia decide to come over and uh, just, you know, just take over. I'm all right with that. You know, if they choose to, then I'm just saying, like, I'm all right with the way that things are, the status quo we've got right now. Look. But if Russia do come in, I'm just saying I'm not going to fight. I'll be okay. Just let me get on with and my this, stuff. This whole Russia thing is something we're going to have to pick up later because the big, the big point that uh, and the reason we, that like it's important to watch this one. Like if you're going to yeah. do the the rewatch before Creed Two, which is obviously what we're doing, this is the one that you kind of do need to watch because this is the one where Ivan Drago kills Apollo Creed, who obviously is Adonis's father, who's now the leader of this franchise going into Creed Two and One and Two. Yeah, but in Creed Two, the plot is that Ivan Drago is back, his son is now a boxer, and he is going to fight Apollo Creed's son. And so yeah. it's going to be Dolph Lundgren is going to be back he's in Creed 2 playing Ivan Drago, and there's going to be all this history which came about in Rocky IV. Yeah, yeah. But the interesting point with it in terms of, on a wider scale, like we were just talking, people have talked about us being in like a second Cold War with Russia right now. Cold War 2. Cold War 2. And there's some weird shit going on not you know like the the Salisbury poisoning etc mm-hmm. and so it's very interesting that that is now I don't know if that even they intended that when they set out when they said oh for Creed mm-hmm. 2 we're going to get Ivan Drago back but there is now going to be this added subtext to it where it's going to again yeah, be absolutely. the Americans being up the Russians in this quite tense time mm-hmm. despite the fact that Trump and Putin are busy mates well yeah but it's you know it's it is again, like you say, it's just it's this weird sort of timing that's mm. sort of come out of it. All, it is East versus West, even though the communism isn't an element anymore. I guess it's still no. East versus West. It's still us against them. It's still got this this yeah, whole sure. nationalistic element to it, which wasn't in Creed One, but is now come back into Creed Two. Again, Creed One came out. The Russian sort of element that there was no. Russian hacking the elections, there was no Russia, you know, there was none of that, really. No. Or if it was, it wasn't, like, known to us. 
now it's much more prevalent and in the front of everyone's mind yeah. and then this movie happens to be coming out this year mm-hmm. so I feel like yeah I mean it, there definitely was some sort of an inspiration from the real world about the you know the writing of this mm. the genesis of Creed 2 um, would have but also it would have had a foundation in the real world but also it has um, it has legs on its own because it is it could function as a sequel with Drago, Ivan Drago having a son yeah, no, it makes, it makes perfect sense. But at the same time, it's so much more relevant now. Yeah, I feel like they they had that idea and then it like it became more relevant as they went on. Sort yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah, absolutely. There was a, a, a coincidence for them. But anyway, yeah. we're not talking about Creed 2 yet. Um, we, haven't, we haven't even seen Well, it. one thing I'd like to say about Creed 2 is that I just hope that it, it ends the Cold War 2 again. Do you reckon? And we all get on again afterwards. Do you reckon? So do you reckon that this time around it's going to be Michael B. Jordan is going to... Mm-hmm. So he's already solved racism. Has he? Yes. Killmonger was right. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's already sorted that out. Um, so now he's... Ne- so that's he's very much like... He, actually, he is a modern-day Stallone, Michael B. Jordan, if you think about it, because Rocky fixed racism in Rocky Three. Uh, yes. Um, Michael B. Jordan did Fantastic Four. So, yeah, Michael B. Jordan fixed racism in Black Panther. Yep. Um, and now he's going to fix the Russian uh, Second Cold War in Creed 2. Yep. So he, all he's doing, uh, he, has to, he has to jump from different franchises to get shit done sometimes. Listen, he's, he's coming in, he's cleaning up. Look, he's cleaning up. Like, he's he fixing can't, things. He can't do it all in one franchise. Sometimes he's got no, to spread, himself, he's got to spread himself out. Like, Fantastic he's, Four. Can you stop talking about Fantastic Four, please? Sorry, Fan Four Stick. We don't talk about that, all right? Not here. Oh. What, does it, what does that sign say? Because we don't talk about Fan Four uh, Stick, remember? Yeah, we don't talk about Fan Four Stick. We don't talk about the prequels, and we don't talk about the, <laughs> the Matrix sequels. Those are the three things that are off limits. Okay, moving on. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Rocky Four, man. Rocky Four's weird. Rocky Four is bizarre. It's just like yeah. the the montage scenes, because, and like we said before, it is a parody of itself. Yeah, it has. It leans really heavily into the montages. There's probably four. Yeah, so there's three, four there's the montage scenes you, there's in There's the driving one, which goes there's on the forever. driving scene. There's the two-part, his heart isn't in it, then Adrian turns up, then his heart is in it. Yeah, but before that, even then, like, every element of it, every part of it feels like, and I said this to you before, it's like, it's the MTV Rocky movie. Hmm. Because there are lots of element, lots of parts of the movie that are set to music, and it feels like it's a music video. Yeah, I think the difference is is that we that previously we had um, it was set to a score. Yeah, there's no score now. So it's not a score; it's all songs. Yeah, now it's like a Guardians of the Galaxy jukebox yeah. style. Um, and yeah, so but so what that means is we get these these songs where the lyrics are ridiculously on the nose. My favorite, oh God, yeah. my favorite being Survivor with um, yeah, I need Burning you to Heart. read so, these out. <laughs> No, no, I need you to read these out. Okay, so two worlds collide, rival nations. What is what it's, is that? Let's go through this line by line. Let's not. It's <laughs> really not. It's a primitive clash, venting years of frustrations. Wait, so hang on. Is, could this could this be about Russia and America? Bravely we hope against all hope. There is so much at stake. It seems our freedom's up against the ropes. Oh God. Is does that a the, boxing analogy? Does the crowd understand? Is it East versus West or man against man? Can any nation stand alone? 
in a burning heart just about to burst. There's a quest for answer, answers, an unquestionable first. In the darkest night, rising like a spire, in the burning heart, the unmistakable fire. In the warrior's code, there's no surrender. Though his body says stop, his spirit cries, never! Deep in our soul, a quiet ember. Now it's you against you. It's the paradox that drives oh, us on. It's the battle of wills. Oh my gosh, I just. It's, it goes the... on for so long. <laughs> okay, I, could, no, I can't take it more. I can't take it more. My face hurts. <laughs> oh, amazing. It's the passion that kills. <laughs> the victory is yours alone. Uh, it's just. It's just. It's, just it's r- like a musical. It is almost Rocky the musical. I, yeah. I almost wish they'd done that. Like this is this is pretty much is the closest that we we've gotten to. I mean the James Brown so bit far. for a start. Like, like, Don't. James Brown is amazing, and also what I love is if you look it up on the IMDb, James Brown is credited as so the actor James Brown, the character that he played was called the Godfather of Soul. Yep, fucking love it. Love that dude. And also, I quite like, that's been pointed out before, part of the reason that Apollo probably lost is that he did a 20-minute song and dance number with James Brown before he had a fight with the biggest man in the world. (laughs) So that probably didn't help. He was probably knackered. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, Dolph Lundgren is ridiculous in this. Yeah. Like, fuck. um, Hang on. Is that Rocky the musical? I've just found... I was was planning on surprising you, but... Um, is there is there actually a Rocky the Musical? Yes, there is. Oh my god! Rocky the Musical is a 2012 musical with music by Steve Flaherty, lyrics by Lynn Ahrens, and a book by Thomas Meehan and Sylvester Stallone. What? Based on the 1976 film of the same name, written by Stallone, the show held its world premiere in Hamburg in 2012 and opened on Broadway in 2014 and shut in 2014. <laughs> Uh, the headline, Rocky Musical gets knocked out on Broadway after six-month run. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, I'd, mate, like, if, I, if they were selling tickets, I'd go. Like, if, if that came to the West End and there was an opportunity, we'd fucking go. I'd go if it went fucking anywhere. <laughs> wonder how much it would cost to, to get the full cast and helicopter them out to the oil rig. <laughs> Started with a throwaway line, Dom. You said it's kind of like a musical. <laughs> started, it started with a line. I said it's kind of like a musical. And then... <laughs> and what, then what have you done? And it got so much worse. Ugh, it got anyway. so much worse. No, right, so, something that I picked up on there and I, is something I want to talk about, actually, to be fair. So, there's this whole thing in Rocky throughout the series and it's very prevalent in this one in particular where he talks about heart yes and the concept of having heart and fighting from the heart Mm -hmm. and all the rest of it to a point where he has this really weird speech with Adrian yeah I didn't understand a word of that no no. so basically he has this speech whereby he says I've got to fight him and the only way he's going to beat me is if he kills me and the only way he can do that is if he's got the heart to stand toe to toe no 
got that heart to look me in the eye. And if he's got that, then he has to be willing to die. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck is this logic? It's just, I don't There's understand. There's no logic there. Like, first of all, what does, he, what, does this, what does heart mean? What is he talking about? Everyone keeps talking about it. It's this intangible concept where they're just like, oh, I've got a heart. I've got a great heart. And they're like, it's, it's Rocky's heart which wins the Cold War, apparently. That's, do you know what I mean? But like, yeah, what is it? It's the power of his spirit. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's, 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 it's the heart that he has, the drive, the passion, <sighs> everything that he has. It's Rocky. It's, That's what takes him through. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it. And, and yeah, so when he's applying these, these ideas to Drago, it, like, he's going to have to have the heart to stand toe to toe with me. He's like, yeah. no, he doesn't. He's an athlete. Right, he's a ridiculously superior athlete, yeah. and all he has to do to stand in the ring with you is to go, "You're smaller than me. I can beat you up." He doesn't have to have heart. He doesn't have to be willing to die because you can't kill him. That's the problem that he's got. So he's got the confidence. He thinks you're smaller than me. I can beat you up. But no, no, Rocky's got heart. No, but the heart isn't a superpower, is it? Yeah, it is. That's no, Rocky's superpower. Oh, for fuck, it's not. It's... It is. It is. You look at any of the films, any of these films, Rocky is out, is, is just beaten in almost every single one. The only thing that carries him through is the drive and the ability to be repeatedly punched in the face over and 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 again. See, I disagree. Before he inevitably, his skull just caves in to the entropy that is just repeatedly pounding on his brain. I disagree only in one instance so far anyway, and that is Rocky 3. In Rocky 3, he wins through a combination of both A, having heart and being able to get hit and all the rest of it, but he becomes a better boxer and changes his style and therefore is able to overcome something that he was not previously able to do. So I think in that sense, I feel like Rocky 3, like, and so Rocky 2 to a certain extent because he switches hands and all the rest of it. But that's still, like, he still only wins in Rocky 2 because he got up a second quicker than yeah. Apollo did. Rocky 3, he wins because he learnt something mm-hmm. new and he bettered himself. Where, and then, and in then Ro- this in just this, pushes all of that out the window. Yeah, no, he doesn't learn anything. He's forgotten completely how to... Even to be fair, you can't use the same strategy to fight um, Ivan Drago as you would Clubber Lang, because... He's got too much reach. He's too big. He couldn't get away from him. That's well, the thing. Like that's what got me in the fight. Is that he can't get away from him because the reach of the man is ridiculous, and he just lands blow after blow. Well, yeah, but you say that, but you look at somebody like like Tyson, mm. who wasn't the biggest guy out there. No, he was just the toughest fucking guy. Yeah, and he fucking knew it. He he had you beaten before you even started that match because yeah. people were afraid of him. Yeah. You know, he'd yeah, he spoke weird. Yeah, he wasn't that big. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't the the largest guy in there, but he was the scariest fucking yeah. guy. That's he knew he always knew that he was going to be able to win, and that's why and I he would do anything he could. Which is the thing about Rocky is that is that that's the parallel that I draw is that the line, and I know it's cliche, and I know it should be written on the back of a No Fear T shirt, but it's like they say, it's not the size of the dog in the fight; it's the size of the fight in the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get it. It's just a case of like. But yeah, but you're right with this one. Is that it, it, there is nothing that he does differently other than being beaten up and being on a revenge mission. And what I don't get as well is that he they dehumanise Rocky in a way because they because they mm. both these boxers now are just they're 
representative of America and Russia, and that's it. That's all yeah. they are. He's not even a guy anymore. No. So, like, his thing about Apollo, he never actually says anything about it. He never says, I feel like I owe this to Apollo. Or, or the other thing that really strikes me, thinking about it in relation to Rocky Three as well, is that he never says or indicates in any way that he's afraid. No. He's afraid of Clubber Lang. Yep. For whatever reason. Well, because he's Mr. T, why wouldn't you? But he's not afraid of Ivan Drago, despite the fact that he killed Apollo. He didn't just beat him badly, he actually killed a man. Yeah, yeah. Like, he killed... The fucking uh, Haymaker just killed and, Apollo. And Apollo is Rocky's contemporary in terms of boxing. They sort of, they're around the same age, they came up at the same time, and they're, they're comparable in a lot of ways. And this guy just didn't beat him, he killed him. Rocky's exactly. got a child. Some and a would wa- call that the ultimate defeat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do. Whenever I kill someone in the ring, uh, <laughs> if he dies, it's he... a different ring. Listen, we're in international wars. We shouldn't talk about that bit. If he dies, he dies. Exactly. Um, they often do. But yeah, I don't like. It's like because there's this whole political undertone to it. I feel like he goes, "Well, I can't show that Rocky's afraid in any way because that would be admitting that America's afraid. America's afraid of Russia." Yeah. yeah. It's not like the film isn't about a, a boxer named Rocky. It's mm-hmm. about a, a, an American a white boxer. man called America, yeah, beating up and a speak, big white man called Russia. And that's another point: the whole racial element of it. We talked about it last week, and we talked yeah. about we talked about um, the comment that Muhammad Ali made about yeah. how America, the American narrative, only allows for them to have white heroes. They can't have a black man be superior. Mm-hmm. And in this, it's the ultimate example of that, because the Russian comes out... There's two Americans who fight the Russian. The black guy, Apollo, dies. In the second round? In the second round. The white American goes 15 rounds and beats him. Yeah. <laughs> like, and turns all of Russia around. And... and breaks, breaks communism. Yeah. You know, causes the collapse of the USSR. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah it's just like... Yeah. Again, it's one of those, like... I would have preferred if... What if Apollo had been the one? I would have, uh, yeah, I would have preferred if it had not not been the other way around. Not if Rocky was killed, but if Rocky was, he fought um, Rocky. He fought even Dra- Drago, and then Drago cheated or did something that caused Rocky to be out, and then Apollo went back for a rematch, and it was Apollo being trained by Rocky. Mm. And spurring him on with all of his knowledge that he's gained from yeah. different people and different trainers. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Along with Duke and Paulie, they could have all gone out and done it. That would have been an interesting turn to have it be... To have I think Rock, that's kind of what they're doing with Creed That too. is what Creed has ended up... Well, Creed 1 and 2, yeah. uh, to a certain extent, I guess. Because now it's Rocky unable to be the boxer anymore. So now he yeah. has to pass on his knowledge. Exactly. But like they, they Because, you know, he's passed his peak boxing time of 60 years old. Yeah, when he was fighting because of a video game simulation. He got upset because of a computer game. <laughs> we're two weeks away from that let's not worry about that yeah. just yet but yeah actually now you say that that would have been a really good way to continue this franchise and to, to sort of get that if you wanted to have this whole political element to it that's fine but he would have it would have been an interesting character point for him to go I can't do it anymore and to be able to have to let it go and then let his friend come in and do yeah. it and be the one yeah because um, they could have even gone back to in Rocky one, uh, Rocky 2 with a detached retina yeah, they could have said you know he's doing this. He's doing really, really well. He gets through to the tenth, twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth round, but then Drago hits him and his eye goes again, and he's blinded in one eye. That's it because of the detached retina. He can't fight again. 
But the, and then in Rocky Five, you can always write that back. This new surgery that's done there. But we don't have to keep relying on the narrative that the white man is always going to be better, yeah. slightly or thirteen rounds better than a black guy. Yeah. Because it lo- it's it yeah it it cheapens it, and it makes it white Hollywood again. Yeah. But yeah. like yeah, I think I think it would have been much better for it to happen in that way. But we didn't get that. We got. Rocky Four got Hearts on Fire. We, got, we we did get Hearts on Fire though. Yeah, I, I mean <laughs> Hearts on Fire and that that montage is ridiculous. It's great. It's good. I'm fun. not a particularly animated person, but whenever Hearts on Fire comes on, like literally, my heart rate literally increases by about twenty beats, twenty thirty beats per minute. As if someone like had said it. Somebody so pumped up. As if someone had set it on fire. Ooh, <laughs> so much like my heart. It's on fire. God, oh my God! They knew what they were doing the whole time. <laughs> my God, uh, it's, it's it's that montage is great because it's, it's literally just, yeah they keep doing the whole contrast of Drago's in like this really super high tech gym where yeah. some of the stuff that he's doing I am not like I understand obviously they're lifting lots of weights yeah and running in circles in a in a middle sized room. I don't understand. Yeah, but anyway, like it's like they won't let him outside. It's weird. But yeah. then there's, there are bits where you see these like consoles and st- and like like lit up panels and things. I was like, what even is that? There's one where there's like these two like like the like Terminator power cores or something. Yeah. I'm like, what is that powering? What is that? <laughs> Do you, it looks like something out of a spaceship. It's like what? <laughs> I don't understand. Was that, is that the fusion drive? What is that? Is that the fucking flux capacitor? What are you doing? Like I don't. Like, yeah. Meanwhile, Rocky, like you say, he goes like the only outside bits of Russia that you see is this frozen tundra with like a bunch of people who are just using horse and cart to get around. Yeah, and like, well, they're not even carts; they're horses and sleds. Yeah, because and they have apparently they haven't invented the wheel in Russia. Yet. No, they haven't invented the wheel because Every- they're not driving Russian cars; they're driving a German car. Yep, everyone's just wearing rags, and um, yeah. I think it was filmed in like Vancouver. They didn't yeah, go. Well, to, yeah, filmed in Alaska, I think. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just it's really weird. Um, but that, yeah, I like at least there's the point whereby Rocky doesn't need anyone to train him anymore. He's got this whole thing where he is he's become his own mech. Well, Duke's there. Duke's there, but he doesn't like Rocky, no pain. He just keeps no saying pain. pain. Duke's there, but the thing with Duke is, like Rocky, when they when they arrive, the Russians turn up and they say, "This is what you requested." He goes, "Yeah, I requested this." So he asked to be isolated in the middle of nowhere. To just use what he had around him, like the bloody the rocks and the and the like yeah. and the farming equipment and the bloody and all that shit, and he, so he knew exactly what he needed. He didn't have to like he didn't have to have Apollo or Mick show him any. It's like he's a seasoned boxer now. He knows exactly yeah. what he needs to do, how he needs to train, how he's going to beat him, and he does it for America. America, you know what she needs to do. America, but yeah, it is. I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. I really, really enjoy. I really enjoy Rocky Four, mm. but not in the same reasons that I enjoy the other, the first Rocky Three films. Yeah. Um, because it, yeah, as much as it is about him having heart and grit and determination, that's not what this film is anymore. No, it's a propaganda piece. No, and they could have made it like that. I think like they could have. Yeah, they could have had some more 
Ironically, in a movie all about heart, it doesn't have a lot of heart. No, <laughs> you, exactly. You know I mean? As I'm That's saying, saying. I'm realising that it's like it doesn't have a lot of that like, the closest he gets to emoting is when he's driving his car and then it just shows a load of clips yeah. of previous movies. Like he never breaks, the emotion grows a beard. That's what I mean. Like he never breaks down. So he, what they needed kind of was the mo- like the the beach moment with him and Adrian in three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They needed that. They needed that. But it speech was, and it where, was like they had the only speech that they had was when he was at the bottom of the stairs and Adrian was at the top. It didn't make any sense. And it didn't really make any sense. Yeah, no, it didn't make any sense. She doesn't believe in him, and then there's this whole and like it's become cliche now with the whole. Adrian doesn't want you to do it and then she does and then it's alright and then he can win because and then Adrian win. believes yeah it. and that's they've done that formula now three films on the trot I think haven't they because yeah. it was like the first time she was pregnant then she had the baby and said win and then he went back and won third one he wasn't into it then she gave him a big talking to on the beach then he won because no, in, in Rocky 1 he didn't believe it he could do it he just he just needed her to be there to support him yeah yeah, I mean, the, the, like all in all, like there isn't that much meat to this film because no. there's like four montages and some talking. Yep, Rocky is a different character; he's just a punching man now. Yeah. Adrian's there because it, it, I don't know. It felt like you say, like well, like we've both said, it's a film that's supposed to be about the heart that has none. But why is it still so entertaining? Because it's Rocky. Because it's, because it's Rocky, and and also like Dolph Lundgren, and we haven't really talked about him much yet. But Wait, Do- yeah. Dolph Lundgren is a fucking monster. He's a monster, but also he is a great antagonist. Oh god, yeah. he like yeah, yeah. Ivan Drago has like gone down in history. Like everyone loves Ivan Drago. Oh yeah, like, he's like loves the, to, loves the to archetypal. Him. He's he's Rocky's nemesis. Yeah, and that's part of it. And the fact that like they never really even exchange words with one another, they just looks. No, they just yeah, look yeah. at one another, and it's just like yeah, and. Dolph Lundgren, like, he's, not only is he this bount of a man, but, like, I don't know, yeah, he's he's a fascinating bloke. Like, I remember, it's one of those things where, like, it came out quite recently, or people sort of realised how smart he was. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah, he's, yeah like, no, he's got, like, multiple, multiple doctorates, and, like, he, like, was going to go to MIT on a full scholarship, and then instead ended up becoming an actor, and did Rocky. And it's just like... Yeah, he's, uh, like, a chemical... He's, yeah, I think he has a doctorate in chemical engineering. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's 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 bananas. I think that's that's part of it. And I think Bridget Nielsen yeah. is plays Drago's wife. Yeah. Um, and she's probably the most nineteen eighties. Yeah. Sort of villainess. I like the um, the the trainer or his promoter. Mm. Who's the most ridiculously over the top? Like. Oh yeah, none of none of those people are Russian. <laughs> no, but I like it's like. We go. We are not to be here anymore, and we show how pathetically weak your society has become. Speaking of Bridget Nielsen, um, that bit with the press conference. You are so good, and we are so bad. This is bad. This is just propaganda. And it's like he's bit on the nose here, guys. And it's like you're saying he is a killer. He is not a killer. He is just a sportsman. It's like why did you have him kill Apollo then, Sly? Why did he kill that man? <laughs> Sly, you wrote this right. Yeah. Why did he kill Apollo? Why didn't he just beat him? Yeah, trying because I mean we should sort of talk about Apollo because this is obviously the... yeah because Apollo again Apollo's taken a bit of a like everybody's character takes yeah like just a weird step well, I don't know because so it... everybody takes like a massive step backwards in this because Apollo has this weird speech mm. about how it's like a war mm. and how and it, and you just... I don't know because I I feel like it make. Apollo makes more sense. Because Apollo... So Apollo calls it out like a... 
so it's a spectacle fight. Exhibition. Mm. An exhibition match. But the, the th- I think the thing with Apollo is, and we got this particularly in Rocky Three as well, is that he still hasn't let it go. He's still a fighter, and he needs to be a fighter. It, like you said before, he basically has an identity crisis as he's getting older. Yeah. It's a midlife crisis. It's a midlife crisis. It's a midlife crisis, but the midlife crisis of a boxer who all he knows how to do is be a boxer. Yeah. And he can't let it go to a point where the last time we saw him, he was having a fight with Rocky behind closed doors. Yeah. And so he, even now, like even though he's getting on a bit, and like, like Rocky's prepared to retire at this point, he's fine. He's done. Yeah, because and then the, the thing is, Rocky has the title yeah. at this point, so that would indicate that he's had the title for near on ten years. Yeah, he only lost it to Clubber Lang, and then he came he, back a few he, months later, beat him up, and then he's never lost it again. Yeah. to the point that he gives the title back to Apollo hmm. as part of his funeral wreath. Yeah, yeah, it's this is weird thing where like Apollo is willing to die, quite literally willing to die yeah. for this. Like, and it's it's they don't sell it. Like he had, like you say, he has a couple of speeches. He has this weird thing about, but the speeches aren't even about the fight itself and going into fight it being Drago that he's going to fight. It's just about that he has to fight because that's all he knows. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like we're warriors, Stallion. We have to be out there. We have to be doing. If they, you know, we may as well be dead if we're not fighting. It's just like ooh, right. and and he's got this whole thing. Like they never show his kids, or in this one they don't. In two, I think they showed his kids briefly, didn't they? I think there's a, there's a bit where he's getting hate mail, isn't there? And he's on the bus. Uh, just his wife. No, but I swear the kids run through, and then his wife and is talking up at him. But you see kids like run past. I never know. Anyway, no, honestly, never know. Anyway. It's not like the pretend never notice of the old glory being thrown over Rocky at the end of the fight. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, in this one, they I don't know if it's again it's like another missed opportunity. If you want to make his death really sad and really like impactful then why not maybe it's emotionally manipulative but the kids weren't involved in any part of it his wife was and his wife was distraught and it was a good mm-hmm. sort of performance from the, the actors we never saw her after did we even see her at the funeral because it's just a... no you did see her at the funeral she was at the funeral no no, no. I mean like I know she oh. was there but we did did we see anything other than maybe just a couple of shots oh she didn't say anything yeah she doesn't have any lines the only line she has is stop the fight yeah, which no one does because he's like, and nobody addresses afterwards except from the cover of a magazine. Yeah, why didn't he? Why didn't Rocky stop the fight? Is it guilt? I think he's one of the, on the cover of the magazine. And again, that's like there's uh, so much that's in there. That like could a, have that's a rich bit of like drama that they could have explored, but instead they had it on the front of a magazine and then never mentioned it again. Yeah. It's bizarre because yeah, the, the guilt must be fucking unreal because I don't like. Every time I watch it, I've seen it a few times now, Rocky Four. Every time I watch it, there's the bit where Rocky grabs the towel and he's about to throw it in, mm-hmm. and Duke is screaming at him in a very Duke overly emotional, overacting yeah. way. Throw the towel! And he doesn't. Yeah. He just holds it and waits for that final punch that kills Apollo. Yeah. And it just, every time I see it, I'm like, fucking throw the towel in. What's the matter with you? What? Seriously, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I know Apollo said to him, no matter what, don't stop the fight. Yeah. But you're about to watch your friend die. You're about to watch your friend die in front of a full crowd of people. And his wife. And and throw the towel. Just throw the towel. Like, even, to be fair, I think what they could have done, actually, to make that less of a thing, is they could have thrown in the towel and then Drago throws the punch anyway. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because there's a couple of times in that fight and in the Rocky fight where Drago and 
his opponent go after the bell. Yeah. Like they continue punching yeah. each other even after the yeah. bell, which is it's, it's an absolute spectacle. It's yeah. not not a proper boxing. No, they're, they're throwing each other around. I mean, apparently in that fight as well, he threw um Carl Weathers across the thing. Oh yeah, he didn't and like Carl that. Weathers got real pissed off and almost quit. Yeah. And like Rocky like They just stopped filming. Yeah, and Sly had to talk him back into it. Because like he had to, right, you, I know I told you to go for it, but calm down. And then that came back to bite um, Sly later when he told he told Dolph Lundgren to go for it again. And that time he punched him so hard that he caused bruising around his heart. And Sly had to spend four days in the hospital because he almost died. Yeah, because that's how hard Dolph Lundgren can punch someone. It's <laughs> mental. But yeah, I mean, they, like I said, they they could have done it differently and have it make more sense because at the moment it's just this guilt about how he could have mm-hmm. saved Apollo. And this is going to be something that comes up again when we talk about Creed 2. Yeah, and but Creed again, these, these things aren't addressed in this film. It, he doesn't say that there's guilt there. Yeah. He just goes ahead with the fight because that's literally as it goes on. But that's the thing, he just becomes this... After Apollo dies, he becomes sort of monosyllabic, like man on a mission. Yeah, yeah. Like, just like you said, before we'd start recording, it, it's like he kind of forgets what film he's in. Yeah. Because in Rocky films... He's quite open about his emotions. Yeah. He's quite, quite, you know, sort of progressive in that sense is that, you know, he's quite willing to say, you know, I don't know if I can do this or I can't do this or I'm, or I'm worried well, like, or I'm afraid. It, and then... Like, compare it to, like, yeah, going right the way back to Rocky 1 where he, like, he has the night before the match. Yeah. And he goes to the stadium and he's worried and he says to Adrian, I can't do it. Like, there's nothing like that at all. It's because, and again, it's because he's not it's not about Rocky it's about America Yeah, and any weakness that Rocky shows is a weakness in America mm-hmm. and that's what's in Sly's head I think when he's writing this Yeah, so he's sort of yeah he's hampered by that and it's a lesser film because of it mm-hmm. as a, which is a shame but you know because they could have like I said they could have made it more they could have had that in there and still have the political he could still had all that yeah, and still you won yeah you can just be less overt with it and be uh, have a little bit more subtext well, just have a bit, yeah, doubt. Have a bit, make him human. He's not human. He's just a piece of steel. What was it? He's iron. like the iron. He's like punching iron. Yeah. It's like when he when he hits him and he bleeds. See, he bleeds. So, oh, he's cut. It's a bad cut. Oh my god. So, it's a real Dave the versus Goliath fight here. Oh god, the, the British, the British commentators. Mm. Remember, this is not for the title. This is a non-sanctioned fight. The Russian towering over the American. Jesus. What? So I've got a thing here. It's in about during <laughs> filming of the training scenes in Russia, which were actually shot in Wyoming, mm. Stallone began complaining of chest pains after go- having gone through the exercise where he pulls the sledge of rocks into the air. A doctor's examination revealed that he damaged his heart. Production was shut down for two months in an effort to prevent a possible heart attack. Well, I mean. I mean, I've got to sort of hand it to him. He'll fucking put him, put his body on the line for these movies. Won't oh, he? yeah. It's like the whole thing, in, again, going right the way back to one, where he's fucked up his knuckles for life. Yeah, he fucked his hands up. By punching me. And so um, in this one, he seems to have put himself through a lot. Well, for a start, even for the purposes of a movie, I wouldn't go and stand in a ring with Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Would you? I, uh, yeah. You'd die. Oh, all yeah. Right. In 19- all right. In 1985. I wasn't... I was, well, when in 1985? Yeah, because I was born in 1985. Oh, really? What was it like? Cold. Yeah. Wary. Yeah. A lot of Russians. A lot of Russians. A lot of Americans. 
So, so, so you've only existed in a time where Rocky won the Cold War, then. Mm-hmm. So you you were born into a. I'm a Rocky War child. Yeah. yeah, you were born into a better world because I was of born Rocky. into freedom. <laughs> and so you have a lot to thank Rocky Balboa for. Then. I do. Good. Yeah. Good. It's every night, as I pray to my altar of Balboa. Um, it always makes me nervous when he does that. <laughs> but yeah, and it's just. It is a frightening thought, but I don't know. I've I've got very little self preservation. I think I I'd, I'd, I'd give it a shot. I'd cool. get killed. Like I'd get decked in like the first ten fifteen seconds. But I'd be like, I did it. It's because I got heart. No fuck off. That's that's not a real thing. <laughs> it is. I got heart. But again, I love the fact that like slow like it's all about heart. And throughout this, he almost broke his heart. Yeah. <laughs> the, the actual physical not not his spirit. The organ that pumps blood around your body, right? <laughs> and he almost broke it on a number of it because there's that whole lifting of the rocks, and then now on top of that, there was the time when Dolph punched him so hard in the chest that he almost mm-hmm. died. So, also he got he broke Sly's ribs by punching him so hard as well, yeah. like three or four ribs, something like that. Why would you let him go all out? Why would you do that? Why would you like again? I've got to have. There's got to be a certain amount of respect for the bloke. A bit like the same thing that I have with Tom Cruise is that he's willing to hurt himself for my entertainment. And to be able to go into a ring with a like a greased-up Dolph Lundgren looking like an absolute beast and to be able to give him direction to say, go for it, that takes some balls. Oh, God, yeah. Fair yeah, enough. The guy's got like, some I, know, like, <laughs> I mean, the, both, the pair of them are, like, are jacked up to the max on steroids. Uh, yeah, it always, it always makes me sad. To think about that. Well, I don't know. Are they both? Do you reckon? Yeah. I don't think they're on steroids. To be honest. No. At least I'd hope not. Mm. But also, because you look at look at Sly, and he's in ridiculous shape, but he's not oversized. Neither is um, Lundgren. Isn't he? No, no, they're not in like excessive shape. No, I don't know. Like, don't... If you look at Arnie, look at Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. in like Conan and. Um, uh, not so much a Terminator, but Conan and his earlier Commando. roles, Commando. Yeah, um, he he pre in pre his acting career when he was in his Mister Universe phase, mm. he was on steroids and he openly admitted that later on said that yes I was on steroids at the time, uh, but not for this and not for this and not for this. The size difference between someone like that and Sly and Lundgren as well. Is, is a clear indicator of the amount of steroid abuse that was rife at the time. Yeah, 100%. And you look at uh, Hulk Hogan, size yeah. of him, steroids, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, and it's just... So hopefully, in I don't want to think that those guys were too roided up. No. But, um, yeah. No, I mean, I'd like I say, like he hurt himself training, so it's not like he just, just did steroids, but then... Mm. In terms I mean, of the... when you do steroids, you've got to work just as hard. Yeah. You just, your results come in... Better, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. In terms of the in within the text of the film as well, this is the first time that the idea of steroids has ever even come into a rocky mm-hmm. film, and they they explicitly, say, explicitly yeah. go, yeah, the the bad guy, the Russian, is using steroids. Yeah, they ask the question early on, and they yeah. say, they dismiss it and say no, and then during the montage, we see a big big old needle being like <laughs> jammed into his shoulder. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and then so that is just another sort of bit of propaganda undermining him, like their cheats. Yeah. Not only are they 
he's not just that he's superior. He's, he's well, he, if he is superior, it's because he's cheating. Exactly. Because that's what the Russians do. Not like America. We have heart in America. We've never done anything. Exactly. We've never done anything wrong. No. Nope. nope. Again, if America's going to invade, you know, our, our oil rig, I'm okay with being American citizen. But anyway, yeah, I mean, that's that's Rocky Four. I mean, I don't know what else we can say about it, really. Really, that much to say. I mean, no. and there isn't, like... Like I say, it's... I do, I do really, really enjoy it. Yeah. But at the same time... It doesn't ever have the same effect. Sadly, it doesn't have the same effect as um, like maybe one or two or three. No. Um, and as I put you on the spot every week, mm. my standing still sits with my favourite being Rocky, my second favourite being Rocky 2, my third favourite being Rocky 3, I feel like this, my fourth yeah. being Rocky 4. I feel like the only thing that's going to break that cycle is when we get to Creed, so I'll be interested to see when we, what happens when we get there, but we'll talk about that near the time. I think for me... How about for you? For me, yeah, no, I I think I, the more the more I look back on it, and again, in contrast with this, I really like Rocky 3. Mm-hmm. I really like it, because Rocky 3 is, is like... It's almost like the, the Goldilocks zone of the... Yeah. the it's not, not too far into parody, like... Four and five yeah. are, but not so. But not. But also, like I don't know, fun and like, yeah. and I don't know. It's just it's just right. Rocky yeah. three. You know it's I mean? that sweet spot. It's that sweet spot where it's got like a really fun, over the top protagonist. Some great lines. It's got Mick. It's got so yeah. Rocky three. I'm really still happy with. So, you, so I'm basically going one, three, two, four. Okay. Yeah. All right. So four is now. Four has now gone down to the bottom of my, yeah. my ranking. Again, not to say that I don't enjoy it. Yeah, and I that's do enjoy not it to say that it's, it's, it's not bad. bad. No, it's not bad. But it's, it's just um, out of four, something's got to be four. Because it, it's like, I feel like, the, you know, like we, and we keep coming back to it, is that the the subtext, the, well, not subtext, there's no subtext in Rocky There's four. no subtext. There's no subject. It's all text. <laughs> no, it's not. There's no text. It doesn't even require reading. No, it, there is text. It's hit you in the face. No, 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 there is text. It's just all written in Comic Sans. No, no, no. There <laughs> is text. It's just on the front of a magazine, and if you miss it, tough shit. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I feel like because of that, that's what makes it suffer to a point where it, they forget to make a film. They mm-hmm. just make a bit of propaganda, um, which is a shame. Because yeah, previous to this, they've been pretty good. I, mean, I think this this little. Three and four, as an era of Rocky movies, are defined by their villains because it's Mr. T and Dolph Lundgren as club as um, yeah. Ivan Drago, and those are the big like when people think of like all the guys that Rocky have fought, those are probably the ones that are remembered. Like people go, "Hey man, who's he fighting too?" I'm like, "It was yeah. Apollo again." All oh, right, yeah. And then it's like, "No, remember when Rocky fought Mr. T?" Oh yeah, remember when Rocky fought Ivan Drago? Oh, I fucking love Ivan Drago, and that's the thing. And then five, mm, no one really remembers Tommy Gunn. Yeah, but no one, no one talks about it. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's like, I don't know. Like, full disclosure, and we can talk about this next week. I've never seen Rocky Five. You All know right. that, right? Yeah. So yeah. I we're feel gonna, we're gonna do like we did with Predators. We're gonna have to. Yeah, I think that's gonna have to be the one we do. We watch it live together, mm-hmm. and then I have to because I've got to summarize it as well. Yep. <laughs> so. You've got to do the rundown. Um, yeah, that's gonna be an experience, but we'll get to that. But yeah, so we, we're out of this celebrity phase I guess you could call it of the Rocky films where the it's the protagonists are the big large and life yeah. sort of 
who've gone on to be actors and well-known names or were at the time anyway um, because people still know who Mr T is people still know who Dolph, Dolph Lundgren is yeah. who the fuck played Tommy Gunn I don't know we'll find out next week <laughs> 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 so on that note we'll um, we'll leave it for here um, but yeah your, your rankings staying the same we're still yep. descending one, down one two three four we're still descending down to the depths I think we're probably going to keep to that playing Rocky Five. Possibly. but I've never seen it so I don't know maybe I'll, maybe I'll change my mind but hey that was like so when we did um, AVP Requiem yep I ended up really liking it. Exactly. <laughs> so fuck knows what could happen. Exactly. It could, we could Who be... knows what could happen with Rocky Five, also known as the greatest Rocky film in history? You said that with such conviction. You said I tell you what you said that with. Heart. Fucking right, did. And like <sighs> No no, don't say anything else, you ruin the ending. That's how we're gonna end. Okay. We can't end like that. You gotta do the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so join us next. <laughs> join us next week. Um, we're going to be talking about Rocky Five, and we'll see what that's all about. Um, tweet us at the Omcast Pod on Twitter. Email us at the Omcast Pod at Gmail. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Silent darkness creeps into your soul and removes the light of self-control. The cave that holds you captive has no doors, burning with determination to even up the score. Hearts on fire. Strong desire. (laughs) Raging deep within. Hearts on fire. (laughs) Fevers rising high. The moment the truth draws near. Time will not allow you to stand still. No. Silence breaks the heart and bends the will. And things that give deep passions are your sword. Rules and regulations have no meaning anymore. Hearts on fire. Strong desire. Rages deep within. Hearts on fire. Fevers rising high. The moment of truth is here is here.